Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. Coming this March, we've created a seven-day reset just for you. We've taken our highly popular 21-day reset program and developed a self-guided reset to help you learn the basics of detoxification. In just seven days, you'll begin to feel the difference an anti-inflammatory diet can have on your body and brain. By following our step-by-step seven-day reset, you'll discover which foods work best for you. Watch as the bloat melts away and sleep returns. Ah, oh, yes, clarity happens. Megs and I are blown away by the response from our 21-day winter reset results our students had. We can't wait for you to get started and begin to feel the difference it can make. Head to currygirlskitchen.com or follow the link in our show notes to sign up for our wait list today. All Make Life Delicious and Curry Girls Kitchen subscribers will be eligible for presale and discount pricing. Today on Make Life Delicious, we are so excited to welcome our dear friend and foodie, dedicated, inspirational, healthy eating expert, Pamela Salzman. She lives here in MB with her sweetheart of a husband, Daniel, and their three beautiful children. Pamela is a self-taught creative home chef, masterful cooking instructor, passionate holistic health counselor, food blogger, and cookbook author. Pamela has captured the hearts of families across the country with all that she is doing to inspire healthy eating, cooking, and living with her amazing community and beyond. Pamela's published two amazing cookbooks, Kitchen Matters in 2017, and most recent, her second cookbook, Quicker Than Quick, was released in April of 2020. She is the culinary nutritionist for Clean Eating Magazine and a regular contributor to the Food Network Kitchen app. Pamela has appeared on numerous media outlets, including The Today Show, Rachel Ray, Hallmark's Home and Family, and dozens of local TV shows, Goop, Mind Body Green, Elle and Allure, and many others. She shares her family-friendly recipes and nutrition tips on her website, PamelaSalzman.com, and all of her amazing social media channels. Please welcome our amazing friend, Pamela Salzman, who just finished teaching one of her amazing virtual cooking classes. We are so happy that we're sitting down at our table with you today, Pamela. Hmm. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. What an intro. Well, <laughs> you, you have really created something quite, quite incredible. And we're excited to share you with our community so that people get to know you, get to find you, get to hear from you because you have so much juiciness to share with all of us. Thank you. Happy here. I can't wait for this convo. Oh my gosh. You know what we like to do best, sit around the table, talk food, talk about how we can help women heal their bodies and their families and gather people around the table. You know, I know you grew up in a family that um, really embraced that. So I would love for you to just um, dive in. Oh, but before you dive in, though, I just have to share one thing about 
how we met, you know? Oh, yeah, so, good. So Pamela uh, is a neighbor, but Pamela and I met because she started teaching for Growing Great as one of the nutrition educators. And her kids were in the elementary school. And um, after reading, like, I love to read cookbooks and I love your cookbooks. And I think it was one of the sparks, and you can share more about it, that really got you into wanting to do more with food and teaching. But um, Pamela also then became a board member for Growing Great. And over the course of like seven years, we just had a delicious time teaching and guiding this Growing Great nonprofit for all those years. So, And for those that don't know Growing Great, if you're just tuning in and you, don't, you haven't heard us talk about PEGS was one of the co-founders of a nonprofit that taught nutrition education to um, elementary school students. And it was led by docents, like how Pamela taught for the students, her kids that were in that grade. And it was something that I did too. That was how I also got to meet Pamela as well, working for the nonprofit. It's all, we're all, we all love food and getting to share that love for food and really passionate about educating, which is what you do, Pamela, today. So it's, it's awesome. Well, I come from a line of educators. So both of my parents are professors. One of my sisters is a teacher. I have a lot of aunts and uncles that are educators. Let me just tell you, Never in a million years did I think I'd be teaching anything. (laughs) (laughs) Not even cross my mind. (laughs) When I moved to Manhattan Beach, though, I mean, like you already alluded to, Peggy, I, I do come from a big Italian family. Food's a big part of our lives, but not just about the food. Okay, so it was about being together, you know, around the food. And my, my dad grew up on a farm in Italy and came to the United States when he was about 20 years old. So all of my aunts and uncles, he's one of eight children too. So I have a lot of cousins, big family. So, so I already had this, this previous upbringing of gardening, composting, eating what you grow, seasonality, um, not using pesticides. It was part of my life, right? And I grew up with a father who, at times, I was kind of like, I wish we could be a little bit more American. But, you know, I grew up with this father who was like, yeah, we don't do that McDonald's thing. Like, that's not, we're not doing that. Um, right. So, we're going to eat like real food. This is ridiculous. Wonder bread that people talk about, like, it, it that is like horrible. So anyway, that said, it was, you know, that's the person that I was. And then I moved to Manhattan Beach whenever it was 2006 or something. And, you know, I'm trying to get involved in the kids new school. And, and at the same time, I was also in the back of my head thinking like, okay, it's probably now time to look to go back to work, whatever that was going to be. And I had a I had experience in marketing and public relations and I had just gotten my MBA before I got married. So, you know, I was kind of looking for something a little corporate, but that said, I stumbled upon growing great. And I was like, well, now this sounds like it's up my alley. Like (laughs) this is kind of cool. And, you know, sure enough, just teaching the children and just the curriculum that Growing Great provided, it was very much in sync with the way I already thought. And what it did though, was 
show me that, (laughs) which obviously, you know, not everybody grows up the way I did, but it really reinforced that not everybody had the same exposure to a mom and dad that cooked from scratch, that valued that, um, you know, that's how I learned. I learned by osmosis. I picked up things on my own, et cetera. And the same thing with gardening. I mean, who, not many people have gardens. So it, you know, but but just seeing how kids were so open, Mm. you know, and parents didn't know that their kids were open, whether it was to trying the vegetables that they grew or just like that miracle, which still like, it always gives me chills to like pull something out of the ground that grew from a seed. Like it literally like (laughs) makes me emotional. I'm serious. It makes me like emotional. Right. So I love hearing that. Like, no, I was going to say, it's like, especially like, you know, when you talk about the kid piece, like when, when I taught those classes, it's so fun hearing you talk about it. Cause I, I felt the same way too. When you hear, cause I cook like having cooked for a lot of families and the parents and like, I know you have Mr. Picky, um, with these kids that don't want to try things, but then when they have that like ownership of the food that they've grown and they get to see this miracle that is food production, like literally growing food, making something out of a seed, it gives them this like, well, I, that's my salad. I grew that lettuce. I want to try that. You know, you know what also, Meg, it's also that the kids are then in a safer space as opposed to, you know, you'll, you know, when you have kids, you'll see that like, sometimes it's not about the food when they're at home. It's about a power struggle between child and parent. And like that child just needing to have a little bit of ownership, control, independence, you know, whatever, or just like, I don't want to do every single thing that you tell me to do. And it's annoying how you always want me to eat healthy food. But when they're with their friends and other kids are trying things and that's when it's safer, you know? And so it's a beautiful experience, at least you know, for me, it was really wonderful to watch all of that happen. But it was also very eye-opening in the sense that then I would talk to parents and realize like, oh, you, okay, you struggle with getting dinner on the table every night and you struggle with figuring out what to put in your kids' lunch boxes, and you struggle with, you know, having them experiment with vegetables or whatever. Oh, that's so interesting to me. So it sort of, like everything sort of happened at the same time. It was very aligned where I was trying to look for something to do. I was really having a wonderful experience with growing great. And it was like very eye-opening to me. And then I was in a cooking group with some friends just for fun. And they were like, we want to cook the way you cook. And I'm like, Hmm, interesting. And then they asked me to teach a class. And I said, no, because I didn't know how to do that. And even though I'd watched this chef teach a class for years. And that's when I said to Peggy, I'm like, I need to watch you teach a class. Like I need to see, you know, the magic, how you do this. Cause you know, Peggy's like the goddess. So she <laughs> let me, you know, assist her in a class. And I'm like, okay, all right. I, I see this. I like this. I could try this. And it just gave me a little confidence. So. Mm-hmm. Peg. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. It's so fun seeing how like life kind of shows you where you're going to go next, you know, and everything that you did prior. I mean, even your upbringing really primed you for this next 
phase of what has been this amazing career. Honestly, you're such an inspiration to both Pegs and I with your business and how you've really made this so um, accessible to so many people. Thank you. I mean, I always say the path you're on is the path you're supposed to be on. So even when I wasn't working all those years of just creating my own systems for being able to get dinner on the table with, you know, a little bit more ease and trying to entertain, you know, my friends and again, creating my systems, like who knew that that would be something that I would be teaching later on. So it, uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting how things work out. I love it. But what was so great is that you already had all this innate knowing, Mm. right? And so now you're teaching these cooking classes and it's like you're learning as you're going, but you're also learning what are these moms' challenges? What is challenging? What did you see over and over again as these moms' challenges, you know, just to get food on the table, regardless if it was healthy or not. What did you, what did you see? And what do you see today? You know, it's, it's obviously different for different types of people. I mean, so a lot of times people just are starved for time and they just feel, they feel like they don't have enough time. Okay. So, which to me just indicates that they don't, they don't have systems in place, like for meal planning, for their groceries, for, you know, figuring out where to find their recipes, et cetera. I think that one of the problems that people face today that we didn't face before is, yeah, life might be a little bit busier, but I feel like people have decision overload right now. They have too many choices. They have too many places to look for recipes. It, it takes too much time, you know, and as, as far as grocery shopping goes, we also, which I think is a good thing. We have a lot more options in terms of food, but it is, it can be very difficult for a lot of people. It really makes people shut down when they're just overwhelmed with so many choices. So I feel like that is one challenge. Another challenge is just, you know, intolerances as well as pickiness. I I, I mean, I don't like to use that word, but my son, he, you know, we call him Mr. Picky and he's not that picky anymore, which we can talk about, but we will (laughs) different, especially in Los Angeles, different fads and different diets. And so you have, and I have to say it is 99% women slash moms that come to my classes. So I don't like to say it's always on the moms, but this is who I've been teaching. So you've got a mom who's got a kid who now has a nut allergy and she wants to eat, you know, plant-based and her husband wants to eat paleo. And that's really hard. Exactly. it's really hard. It's hard. I mean, it can be done. And again, it, it requires much more organization and planning and just, you know, kind of figuring out how to make it all work, but uh, that's a challenge. Yeah, totally. Oh my goodness. Always, especially from like, not only are you now presented with like a health like necessity, but then you also have preferences and something that you're not familiar with on top of overwhelm of where you're going to find this stuff. I mean, that is, that is a challenge that is very real. Well, and I, and I knew that like, I don't know how many years, but Daniel, your husband, didn't he take a challenge to become plant-based himself? 
Well, yeah. I mean, Daniel needed to experiment with being plant-based because he has um, some hereditary heart issues. And then he had uh, an incident basically Mm -hmm. where he needed to make some um, changes. So it's worked out really nicely for him. And now he just, he not only enjoys it, but it's been helping him improve his health as well. But you as the primary cook, now I know Daniel loves to cook because we see him all the time. I love your Instagram lives, especially with him. I think it's Tuesday date night and then there's cocktails involved and it's just like, oh my God, you guys, it's too much fun. I love seeing Daniel. Yeah. But getting back to like for you, even when, you know, your son was really picky and you had your two, you know, you have your two daughters and then he's eating one way, you're eating another. What kind of um, strategies did you do even for yourself? And then do you teach that obviously to your students? Yeah. I mean, the, the most important thing that I can emphasize to anybody is first of all, meal planning so that you're not trying to think about these things at four o'clock in the afternoon. That is very, very difficult. Stressful. Planning is very stressful. It has always been a part of my life and my mother did it. Um, and I've been doing it since I was married. So that's really the only way it can sort of happen, especially since I work so much. I just, I can't, pull it together like that. And I also don't have time to be going to the grocery store every day. It just doesn't work for me. So I I do have to meal plan in that way. And I have to say, I'm also not super democratic about our dinners, like in the sense that like, I don't ask people what they want. Thank you. It's (laughs) just, it's also not how I grew up. Everybody can eat whatever they want for breakfast, whatever they want for lunch. But for dinner, I've never been that kind of mom that was like, so what does everybody want tonight? (laughs) Yeah, no. So I don't mind when I'm meal planning, just be like, hey, if anybody has any requests for the week, like you can let me know now. But um, I remember very early on in our marriage, I think I had a baby at the time and my husband said something like, "Uh, what are we having for dinner tonight? I don't remember what we were having, but I said, whatever. Like, let's just say it was like, you know, pasta with like salmon. And he said something like, yeah, I'm not really in the mood for that tonight. I'm like, yeah, too bad. And so that I I don't try to be mean, but like, (laughs) that's just that same thing. Too many options. I know my mom used to do with us. It was like during our Sunday family meeting, she's like, this is the day we're meal planning. But like every day of the week was themed. So like you had an option within that, but like once it was decided, it wasn't like on Tuesday you get to dinner and you're like, well, I actually don't feel that. It was like, this is what we're having to dinner. This is what we're having for dinner. And this is what you're going to (laughs) eat. Yeah. I mean, so listen, I, I know I've also built in and I always try and teach my mommies this as well. You have to build in some flexibility. So I learned that my son would eat raw components of a salad, but not if it was tossed with dressing. No problem. So we serve the salad with the dressing on the side, okay? I also learned, and this is something that I used to say before I actually had my first book, is that I wanted to write a book called Find Your Child's Corn Tortilla. The meaning of that is that my son, when he was very small, would pretty much eat anything in a corn tortilla. So if I offered something and he was like, I don't want that. I don't like that. That doesn't look good to me. I would say, would you like it in a corn tortilla? 
And 75% of the time he would say, all right, fine. I'll eat it like in a corn tortilla. So, genius. That's so, so genius. Like, I guess the moral of the story is do what you got to do. Okay. If you are serving like, you know, I don't know, whatever, spinach risotto, I'm just making this up and your kid won't eat it, but would eat it with crushed tortilla chips on top or popcorn on top, you do what you got to do. And to extend that a little, something that I really, that really kind of bothers me a bit that I've seen, that I see a lot in LA, especially is like this mom guilt where they just don't feel like they're doing a good enough job or they, they, you know, there are people that really are like very perfectionistic and they're trying to make everything as healthy as possible. And then they feel like they're not a good mom or they're, it's not great for their kid. If they make the frozen pizza one night, or they used a jarred sauce or, you know, whatever, they're trying to keep sugar away from their kids. And like, that's also really stressful. And it can also lead to disordered eating with your family, but life is not about being perfect. I mean, just in general, but especially when it comes to food. So even though I try and teach a lot of healthy recipes, that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be room in your life for things that give you pleasure that maybe aren't considered super healthy, right? I love you talking about this, Pamela, because honestly, I see that so much, especially for my friends that are becoming new moms, moms, like your group, your age group, my mom's group kind of missed that, but I think it really ties into social media. So much of what you see is this curated, perfected image. And the reality is that's like what my mom and I always talk about is that like chips and guacamole and tequila is like my favorite thing. And I will always include that in my life because that is, that brings me pleasure. You know, if that it's that cocktail hour or those things, it's so important to also talk about that as well, because that is part of health. That is a part of a balanced life. You can't like, it's that 80, 20 or whatever that rule is like looking like, and depending on health issues, you know, you, you make it work for you. But I just, I'm so grateful that you're bringing that up because that I know that's huge trending now on everywhere. It's like mom guilt. Moms already have so much on their plate and I'm not a mom yet, but I, I see my friends that are becoming new moms and there's already so much on your plate. You're so, it's like you have a whole new world of that. You don't know what the heck you're doing. And then you have all of this judgment that you feel as on top of what you just are putting on yourself. I just think that's, I love hearing you say that because it is. Well, Meg, you're absolutely right because the judgment can not only come externally, but it can come from within as well. Right. You know, there needs to be, first of all, some more compassion for ourselves. And then, you know, I've really always felt, I have to be honest, that as a parent, doing the best that I can is is just the way it's going to be. And good enough is good enough. Like it, it just is. Well, yeah. And the same thing with, you know, what you're putting on the table for your family, we have to do the best that we can with the resources that we have. And they're different for different people and good enough is good enough. Well, and you know, there's, oh my God, there's so much, my brain is just so happy that we're having this conversation because I'm seeing it as 
you know, you're, you're, you want to please everybody. You have this pressure to do really well because now it's such a forefront. And one of the things that I remember is like five days a week, like Megan said, we'd have those themed dinners. But on the weekends, it was like we made pizza and we did burgers. But I obviously they it sounded like, you know, maybe that it was a lot, but it was an easy thing that you knew that kids loved. You could involve the kids in helping you make them. And it, it was just stress-free so that you were giving yourself that time off or break, whether you either got pizza out or made pizza in or, you know, whatever. But it's like, let's just talk about the stress that it causes you. And that in of itself is causing problems within the family and for one, for Megan, Megan was like the perfect example of, you know, here's a child. All she wanted to do is just eat normally. Mom, stop with the healthy eating already. But you had health issues, you know? I was trying to do my best. Well, just hearing you, Pamela, talk about how like you grew up with a father that was into gardening and really healthy food, like because of my health, I needed to be that way. And so many times I was just like, can I just be like, normal kids? Like, where's my Lunchable? Where's this? And it's funny. It's not until you're older that you really appreciate that, but it is like, there's so many other things like as a child that was put like, that was just what my path with food was, you know, like I'm grateful that that was it. So Megan, you just nailed it. And you just explained to all these mommies what happens. Okay. So what we are doing as mommies is planting seeds. Okay. We are, we are showing the way that we eat. Right. And we, but we don't have to spell it out for everybody. Okay. You just make the dinner, you put it on the table. You are a role model of good eating for your children. Okay. And you plant those seeds. As the children watch the way you eat every single day for 18 years, okay, and then, you know, they're exposed to these foods and they may try them or they may not. When they fly away, guess what? Guess what's going to happen for the most part, okay? That's all they know. That's That's literally all they know. (laughs) So my son, who is really not that picky anymore, but maybe is pickier than the rest of us. Okay. But he just, he loves the name. He thinks he's famous and he, he says, he is famous. It's funny. I remember when he was like, probably like eight years old, the kid never ate a green bean in my house. Even though I kept trying, he just never ate them. So we were at a friend's house. He was chatting with the the dad uh, about football or whatever. He was served a plate of chicken potatoes and green beans. He ate everything on that plate because he was out, he was talking, he was distracted. He has seen green beans a million times and they were familiar to him. And it like, it, you know what I mean? Like he just ate them. And that's what happens. You know, my girls, my girls were pretty good eaters, but, you know, they went off. Now they cook like healthy, but I also was never taught like my, my parents never use the word like healthy food. Like we're healthy eaters. We only eat healthy food. Like it's just, that's not how it was 
put on us. Like we, like everything just tasted good. Or, you know, my dad did say things like that doesn't seem like it's like real food. Right. Or Mm -hmm. I don't like that, you know, there's chemicals or whatever, but it wasn't like you guys have to eat healthy. And being that I'm sort of like the healthy cooking instructor, I do feel like my kids probably hear the word healthy more than I did. But on the other hand, I do also try and make foods that feel very familiar, at least when they were little, like feel very familiar to them. So I wasn't really making like, you know, unusual things. I I, I did my best to mix it up. That's, I guess, my point. I think that's a really good tip too. You know, I, I think as, as, especially for parents that are newly introduced to to dietary restrictions. I think the biggest thing what you're talking about is like making it as if the kid is getting what they'd want, like that burger, but like with your higher quality ingredients, like instead of it being healthy or whatever, you know, it's like you're giving them what they would hear that their other friends are eating, like chicken and rice or burgers or whatever, but you're just getting to do it with the ingredients, you know, are going to be like good for their body or work for them. Right. Or if you're going to serve, you know, a burger, like serve some salad on the side, right? Yes. I mean, or like, you know, it doesn't like serve toppings that are going to be like awesome, like avocado and maybe some grilled onions or whatever. Like it doesn't have to just be like burger and fries. I mean, but if you want it to be, that's fine too. And like you said, like choose higher quality ingredients. I mean, my son used to be like, I don't want that organic stuff. Like, I don't even know what organic means, right? Exactly. (laughs) Call it organic. Oh, my God. Exactly. You don't have to always share that. That was something, too, when we would say it's like, they don't have to know as long as they think it's what they want. Like, it is good. You can do that. It's like not about like tricking them or fooling them or whatever. It's like sometimes you just like, you hear something enough, like you said back in the beginning of like that building that, um, your own decision, your like autonomy within your family and building, like having that control over like what you get to put into your body. I think that was my biggest thing with my mom is like, for so long, I was only told what I could have because of all of my allergies and having autoimmune issues. Um, it was like, as a child, I think we all know the first thing a kid is aware that they have control over is what they put into their mouth. (laughs) Yeah. They don't open it or they don't open it. They learn that when you're first feeding them with the spoon, right? (laughs) Which is so funny. And what I love is I'll never forget, you know, people would say to me, how do you get your kids to eat vegetables? And I said, well, I'd make a big tray of roasted vegetables and they'd start eating. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just for me. You know? And they were like, no, I want some. And then it's like this modeling of you just putting it out there, having them taste it, not making a big deal about it. Not making a big Don't deal about it. showcase it. And, and, and the other thing is when you're trying new foods, like you're maybe swapping out the organic and let's say, I always take the Cheetos, you know, because every family loves their Cheetos. And I'd say, okay, well, how about you try burritos? They taste the same. They taste delicious. You put it out there. They're like, "Mm, mom, this is really good. Don't announce anything. Just put it out there. It's like every time you announce something that puts them in their like, these are better for you, healthy, organic, turn off. It turns them all off. Total. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always said like, I, I was, I've been pretty chill about it, 
Um, and even to the extent that like, if my son said to me, like, I'm, I don't want that. I'm like, great. More for me. You know, that's so, it. Love that. More it, for you me. just, you just, unless your doctor, your pediatrician says that there's something off that your kid is malnourished, that there's, you know, you have some things to worry about, then your job is just to continue to put a variety, a wide variety of these whole foods in front of them. And then that's it. I, I so love that because that is one of the things that I love is that we're not here to be our kids' friends. We're here to clothe them, feed them, make sure they're safe, keep them healthy. And it's like, I'm not going to give my kids something just because I want them to love me. No, they know I love them because of my energy going into that food that they're eating and they're loving it. And eventually, like we've said in the conversation, they grow up feeling the love and that love keeps moving with them all through their life, you know? So, um, COVID. Mm. Okay. So this pandemic, if it's taught us one thing, we all know that health is our wealth, right? And it's kicked a lot of people in their pants. You know, it's just kicked a lot of people around for many reasons. But, you know, I think one of the trends most importantly, and for all of us who teach this, you know, way of living and eating and being, that people are paying way more attention to their health. But are you specifically seeing, you know, more people craving certain things for this time? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes two ways. I think that what you said first is so true that it's really putting a spotlight on the types of diseases that make people more susceptible to having a potentially serious reaction to COVID. So, you know, diseases that are like type two diabetes and obesity, right? I mean, that has been shown to be the case. Um, And I think that people have also taken this time because a lot of people now have extra time. Maybe they're not commuting, you know, they're working from home. Maybe they're not working as much. Um, and they're taking this time for themselves that they want to, they've always wanted to like get healthier, whatever that means to them. And so they're trying to educate themselves, learn more. On the other hand, it's been a very stressful time. Um, so I do think that there are a lot of people that are from, again, this is anecdotal. This is not evidence-based. It's just kind of Observing and what I'm hearing from people, you know, people have been drinking a little bit more at home. Maybe they're making more baked goods. They're eating things, more things that they didn't normally eat before. Um, and there, you know, there is something a little bit of soothing to some people about these kind of comfort foods, right? Um, that said, I, I, see some people picking up new hobbies. Like my husband just started baking sourdough bread for the first time over quarantine, which is incredible. I mean, he's doing an amazing job, something that I have never tried um, to do naturally leavened bread. And it's been lovely. Oh my God. 
It's been so much fun to watch. And I have to say, one of the things that Pamela started, which God bless you, you started right after COVID hit. And it was like, we had this stay at home order. And all of a sudden you started cooking live every single day. Oh my goodness. What was it like 150 days straight? 166 days. Yeah. Well, Peggy, I thought the quarantine, I thought the stay-at-home order was going to be two weeks. Why <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> did we all, right? I thought it was going to be two weeks. And I had been doing these, these, app, uh, these videos for the Food Network for their app. And they had booked me for like a whole slew of them, like a couple wow. of week, in, weeks. I mean, a couple each week in March and April. And then they shut down their LA studio. And I was so bummed because I, it was a really fun gig and I was really looking forward to doing more. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to be doing these cooking live videos for food network, I'm just going to keep practicing at home. And I had been doing once a week lives, like Mondays at five kind of a thing for a a while. And then I'm going to like, I'm just going to go live every day at noon during this two-week quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My daughter was home from college. So I'm like, why don't you do it with me? I'll like keep you busy too. And it's so funny because like I look back on that first one that I did and I was like, you know, like kind of stiff and I don't know, whatever. And so then like I'm after two weeks, I keep doing them. Like I get my whole family's there. And then I start to know, get to know people. And there's like the same people kept showing up. And like, it just felt like now I'm on with like my friends, right? Like this new community that I have. And then I, the first day that I took off was Easter Sunday. So I didn't actually go 106 days in a row straight. I did take off Easter Sunday and I started taking off Sundays. And then if something came up, like then I started doing these boot camps. And so then my husband took over one of the days for me because I was doing my boot camps. And so, but then at like 106 days, I'm like, and when I realized that we're, we're not really going anywhere, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. It was just getting a little too hard, you know, to try and keep up with all the online courses that I had launched and all that. But, oh my yeah. God. But then Daniel, he jumps right in. And then just recently he did the whole sourdough thing, which, you know, yeah. we started and I told him, I was like, oh my God, Megan, you got to do it because we're doing it gluten-free, you know? Oh, and we learned so it. So gluten-free sourdough, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. He's having, you know what, here's the thing is like, it's been a good distraction for him. Number Mm. one, he's a creative person and it also, he's just, he's had a very stressful COVID. Okay. So it just gives him a a place to just focus his energies without being Mm. able to think about other things. Cause you really do have to be super focused on your measurements and weighing things and the timing of everything. And it's just been great. And it's also something that I've never done. So there's no competition. He's the expert. There's no comparison. <laughs> he's the expert and it's his thing. And he's yeah. killing it. He's doing I mean, an amazing job. So we're really, we're benefiting so <laughs> from I, it. I love how you talked about it too, you know, 
cooking is very meditative. It can be, it can be like if you get into the cooking, if you get into that, where it's like that distraction from something else, like it can really be all consuming and be something that is super supportive during a stressful time. If you like, it can be, it can be, you know, if you've got toddlers like pulling at your leg, it's not super meditative. here raising his hands. He's got two. (laughs) He's like, Maybe not the most, but it is something that it is good. Um, it's fun seeing how many people during this time have gotten really passionate. I mean, I just think about like the banana bread trend, sourdough making, you know, people started picking up these fun new hobbies of things of like creating. Well, if you were, yeah, if you were working out of the house, and then you're working at home, you have the ability to stretch that dough every 15 minutes. You can get up and go over there. If you're not at home, those hobbies are a little harder. Totally. So, so that I think it's working. You talked about um, since quarantine, you know, you started these boot camps. And I'm just curious how this, how 2020 has really, if you had already started teaching online cooking classes before it started. So you're already heading virtually. I'm just curious how your business has evolved since all of this happened. You know, you provide such support to everybody with your daily lives and with everything else that you offer for free socially and on your website and whatnot. And I'm just curious, how has this kind of redirected or just further the furthered along what you were already doing? You know, what's funny is that I had always intended to do these four-week courses. So I transitioned my business in January of last year to teaching four days a week in person to teaching one day a week in person so that I could focus on these courses. I I love teaching in person, but you guys know four days a week for as many years as I did it, it, it was exhausting. And I can actually even tell you a story about how exhausting it was. But that said, I was also teaching the same people over and over and over again. And there was no growth there for me. And I adore them all and I love them. But teaching the same people month after month for 10 years, like there's, there has to, there needed to be more for me. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to find a new community um, and I want to go deeper into certain subjects. So I'd always planned to do this plant-based course. And I figured I would just take my time and create the content and then launch it in September of 2020, because I figured that was a good time. Right. And, you know, I was, (laughs) I was thinking to myself after I taught my last class on March 18th, I was thinking to myself, okay, I am probably going to need to launch this a little sooner than September. And so I was kind of getting the vibes from people when I was doing my lives and then like what kind of they needed. And then also my book was coming out quicker than quick was coming out in April, which was all about how to cook things more quickly. And my entire book tour was come. Thank you, Peggy was completely canceled. That book tour that took me so much time to single-handedly put together, completely canceled, every Hmm. appearance gone. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to teach a boot camp about how to make healthy food quick and easy and teach people all my systems. I mean, if there's one thing that 
you know, I have learned is like, you don't know everything, but you can teach what you know. And I just had faith that my people would find me, the people that wanted to learn what I could teach. And that's what happened. So I, I, my people found me, I did that first boot camp, and it was very, very satisfying for me. It was so enjoyable. I had this community now, they were incredible. Their energy was beautiful. And I was helping people, which is all I really ever want to do. So I was helping people. And so I did that boot camp and they're like, we want more. I'm like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay. What do you want to learn? And so they were like, we want to learn how to entertain with ease. I'm like, I can do that. So I needed a little break. I put together another boot camp. I put that out there. And then I was ready to do my plant-based one, which I had always intended to do. So then I launched that. Then I figured, okay, if there's one thing I do know about, it's Thanksgiving. So I launched a Thanksgiving boot camp and then I repeated my plant-based one. And, you know, and that's just where it's going. And now I'm I'm launching plant-based 2.0. So doing that and that's, that's where the business is. And I, you know, listen, when I was teaching in-person classes, they were in people's homes, in people's kitchens, personal kitchens, and, you know, everybody's sitting like two inches from each other and there could be 20 people in the kitchen. That's not going to happen anymore. Okay. That, that business is, is done. Unfortunately or unfortunately, but nobody's going to invite 20 people into their kitchen now. I mean, what am I going to teach with a mask on? So for at least for the the foreseeable future, that business is, is done. I love hearing though, too, your, you know, the, the, the realization within yourself that you had hit a cap, you know, like it's really easy for people to be comfortable and they just kind of stick with what they're doing, but you kind of had already seen that you were wanting to evolve and grow. And then how beautifully you did that with what was already happening. Like, well, I'm globally. just going to say like, yes, it's beautiful, but it should have happened five years ago. Hindsight, hindsight. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. But the problem is, is that I had a hard time saying no to people. I had people were, when I would sort of like hint at, you know, I think I'm going to have to cut back on my classes. People would say like, why don't you just train somebody to teach your classes? I said, okay, do you want that person? No, no, no. We want you, but the other people can have that. It was very hard. I think it's hard to just stop doing this. So you know, that was also another lesson for me is that like, I have to think about me as well. And the, the, the story that I actually wanted to tell was that, you know, I was having these weird physical things happen in my body. These like twitches, like I would get these weird muscle twitches mm. all over the place, my thighs, my, sh- my face, my eyes. And I thought something was wrong with me. And so I went to a doctor and I suspected that maybe it was like mercury. So I had the doctor test me for mercury. And he also tested for other heavy metals and found out that I had somewhat elevated mercury, but it wasn't terrible, but I had very high levels of lead. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, so I'm twitching because I have very high levels of lead. That's so weird. So interesting. And then I figured out like all these sources of lead that I was consuming that I didn't know, like my tea and my cacao and blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
So I hadn't even done this heavy metal detox. And then January comes around and I reduce my classes, my in-person classes to one day a week. And then I'm home more and I'm working on my content and I've really got my own pace. And one day I realized no more twitching. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was too much. Physically, it was just too much for me what I was doing. And it wasn't lead or the mercury or some, you know, phantom problem. It was overwork. And Uh, yeah, as somebody that was cooking for multiple families five days a week, I too know, like you don't realize how physically exhausting or how much exertion you're doing, cooking and producing and teaching and just all of that. It can, yeah. Yeah. But then coming home and then working on the blog and then writing. And then I, I was writing the book, you know, and putting together my book tour and you know, everything else that we have to do and being present for my husband and being with my kids and, you know, cooking for my family and just all, all the stuff. Right. So, um, I, I love to think of myself as like this wonder woman and I can do anything and I don't need that much sleep and, you know, all this and that. And I think something that, um, has become apparent to me is that I am, I am healthy. I am strong but I am not, I'm still human. And I am maybe not as like, um, I don't want to say I'm not as tough (laughs) as I thought I was, but like, we all have our limits. And I actually had an acupuncturist tell me many years ago, your ambitions exceed your physical resources. She said to me, and I was like, I'm going to get another <laughs> acupuncturist. Oh that was my response. Oh yeah. my God. But it just shows how tough it's just like, you truly are so dedicated to what you do. And like I've said, it, like multiple times in this, like your business and your work ethic is something that is very inspiring to my mom and I and everything that you do and you do teach. And it's a nice reminder that even though you can, and you have, and you've this is what you've been doing, you know, it comes a point for you to really take a look at what is fulfilling. What is the purpose of me working this hard if it's causing this? Well, the irony is I'm trying to teach people how to be their best selves and how to be healthy and how to, you know, reduce inflammation and whatever, right? And then here I am like burning the candle at both ends not listening to myself and trusting my gut. Right. What's that all about? Okay. So yes. I have to, you know, you, you, we have to, we have to listen to our, we have to listen to our, our little inner voice sometimes too. And, and even if it's not what you want to hear, sometimes you just have to oh my face God. reality a little but bit. But thank God, thank God you woke up, you know, thank God you woke up. So what are some fun things that you do for yourself now? Like, what does Pamela love to do? Give us a little insight of what's <laughs> your calmers for your own stress and what helps you stay strong and your immunity strong? Like, what are fun things that you love to do? Okay. So first of all, I, one thing that I've really tried to do, especially during COVID, is just have an attitude of just convincing myself that everything will be okay. 
all right, going through my day, like it will all work out. I will figure it out. If something comes up, I will figure it out. I try and really just reaffirm that to myself that I am smart enough and that I'm good enough that I can get through whatever it is. Okay. So there's that. I have tried to take time for myself because we're all cooped up in this house together. So something that I've been doing during this quarantine is I've been walking a lot. So I walk at the beach. I get that fresh air. I listen to my podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, I listen to your podcast, but I listen to podcasts when I'm walking and it just gives me some space. It gives me some time to also think about the way I want my day to go. Um, And I've also, you know, been picking up my yoga practice again, just doing it at home, which I hadn't done for a couple of years. Um, So, you know, just finding the time for myself and for movement. I mean, I love entertaining. That's not happening right now. You know, that was one of my, my pleasures. I've been you know, reading a little bit more, um, spending more time with my daughter who is, you know, she graduated from college over the summer and then has been working here. So I've been spending more time with my kids, which I am really appreciating because I know it's, this is not permanent. So I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, find the beauty in which that. is such a huge gift. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a total gift. It's and a- hearing, yeah, like your affirmations that you that you say to yourself, you know, those, those like you can figure it out. You are smart enough. Like the things will work themselves out. You know, that's just like priming you for that to happen. And then all of these, like everything that you said from your walks to yoga, those are all natural stress reducers. Like those are all getting those. Um, that are just supporting well-being. I love hearing that. I love hearing that you get to spend more time with your family. I know that's something that people, it's easy to get annoyed or like, oh, when is this going to be done or all this stuff, but finding that that attitude of gratitude, like, you know, this isn't going to be forever. That is so beautiful. Yes. And I'm going to just admit, it's easy for me to say because my children are older. I know plenty of people with toddlers and it's, this has not been an easy time for them or with elementary school children that aren't in school. This is, and you're trying to work from home at the same time. I feel like those are some of the hardest hit people. Um, that hasn't been so easy and maybe it doesn't feel like such a gift. <laughs> no, because not only are you a mom and working, you're now teacher. And I yeah. think that's where you and what you talked about with your systems and what you offer with your boot camps, with Quicker Than Quick. I mean, these are, you're really giving the people what they need. Like that, that's so awesome. Thank you. I have to say that I was even starting to get a little bit tired of cooking, you know, because all of a sudden I'm making everybody breakfast and lunch, eating lunch together as a family. In the beginning, it was like fun. I was like, we're on vacation. Wow, I love this. And then after like a couple of weeks, I'm like, make your own damn lunch. <laughs> but but I, I like I, I was like exclusively cooking out of quicker than quick. Cause I'm like, I can't. No. I can't and I'm going to tell you that nonsense. quicker than quick, like the minute I got it and I read through everything, I think I made like 12 dishes out of it. You guys, if you, oh, if you can, such great recipes. you know, buy only one of Pamela's books, you know, definitely this quicker <laughs> yeah. than quick has the most delicious, you can make everything under 30 minutes and it's, it's delicious. Yes. It's healthy. But it's such a beautiful book. 
Oh my goodness, Pamela. Thank you. You have done mm. such an amazing job creating all of these amazing places for people to come, to learn, to be inspired, and to really up-level their life on so many levels with the food, with their families, with coming together. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the dream that you know that I've always had to help people learn how to eat better, choose better, and gather together as a way of life. You know, these foundations that you're setting the tone for and modeling to everybody because you're just growing and you're reaching more people. And that's a dream, I think, that um, is quite amazing. And we commend you for it. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for being such a good mentor mm -hmm. and teacher to me, Peggy. I, you know, you've, you've inspired like countless countless people and have paid it forward. So, hmm. you know, kudos to you. And I appreciate you. And as a friend, I appreciate both of you. Oh, well, you guys, you have lots of opportunities to check out Pamela at her <laughs> website at PamelaSalzman.com. She's at Pamela Salzman on Instagram, Facebook. Are you Twitter? Um, you know, all of them. And, um, she has great online cooking classes every month that you can subscribe to. She teaches what she's talked about here in the podcast about her themed cooking boot camps. She's getting ready to do a 2.0. She has healthy cooking made easy, entertaining with ease, Thanksgiving. And in the works, which is so exciting, she has a meal planning, meal prep, batch cooking boot camp coming this spring. Oh, so excited for that. So much goodness, Pamela Salzman. We are so grateful for you coming and sharing all your yumminess with us today, your inspiring knowledge, your delicious tips with all our listeners in our community. So we love you so much. Yeah. Oh, going. We can't keep. We talking. can have you back. <laughs> <laughs> Always how I feel when I'm with you guys. I'm like I could just sit here and talk to you for days. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for, thank you for bringing me into your world and, and introducing oh me to your God. listeners. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Pamela, for being here. And you guys, if you're listening, if you know moms, you know, people in your life that don't already know this amazing woman, please share this episode with them. You can also follow along to all of the other things that we offer on Make Life Delicious, the podcast. You can follow us on currygirlskitchen.com, on our Instagram, on our website, and we look forward to seeing you at the next podcast. Hi loves, Meg's here. Have you already joined one of our reset programs? If you haven't, maybe you just need a little bit more personalized support for your health goals. Join me for one-on-one -on -one functional medicine coaching sessions. Coaching sessions provide additional support designed specifically to help you detox from stress, excess weight, inflammation, bloat, and all that negative energy out of your life. Healing involves a whole body approach and our Curry Girls Kitchen reset programs and personalized coaching offers just that. Head to currygirlskitchen.com or follow the link in today's show notes to sign up for your free initial 20-minute consult. Let me help you get started on your unique journey to wellness.